Our gospel lesson for today serves as the basis for our sermon. It comes from Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Good morning. How are you guys today? It's good to see you. Thanks for coming up. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about words. Words are awesome. We, we human beings get to use words to communicate in what we call language, right? It's one of the things that makes us different from the other creatures that God has made. Some people think there's a lot of similarity between humans and, and certain animals, but really our ability to use words to tell each other things and be understood is incredibly unique. But there's one danger to words. Sometimes we use words so much that we start to forget what they mean. They become so familiar to us when we hear them, we actually forget what they really mean. Like, for example, we call God Almighty. That means he is infinitely powerful. There is nothing beyond God's control. That's crazy. We are not Almighty. God is. We also have this fancy word. It's not found in the Bible, but it's used to describe the way God is described in the Bible that God is omniscient. That means God knows all things and he sees all things. There's nothing God doesn't see. There's nothing God doesn't know. That's amazing. And then there's this other word, omnipresent, that God is present everywhere, all the time. God is nothing like you and me. We are present in one place here, right? If you're here, you can't be in Florida at the same time. Although maybe you wish sometimes that you were in Florida right now because it's cold. You are here. You can't be in two places at once. God is everywhere. We know very little. God knows everything. The difference between us and God is immense. It's huge. But sometimes we use those words talking about what God is like and we don't really understand how amazing he is In our Old Testament lesson, the prophet Isaiah saw God. There was no room for him to miss the contrast between him and God. 
He looked at God and he was said, oh no, I am ruined because I'm a sinful man. I'm a man with unclean lips and I live among a people with unclean lips. I can't be by God, no way. I think we forget. We use words which are amazing. We use words to tell each other how amazing God is. But if we don't stop to think about it sometimes, we forget how different God is from us, how we cannot be with him as sinful human beings. But did you hear what happened at the end of that lesson? Isaiah was concerned about his lips. That's where he saw his sin. And an angel took a coal from the altar and he touched it to Isaiah's lips and he said, see, your sins have been atoned for. The Lord has taken away your sins. And all of a sudden, Isaiah was excited. God had forgiven him. He could be with God. And the Lord says, who will I send? And the guy who was terrified says, here am I, send me, send me. I'll go, I'll go. In a few minutes, we're gonna talk about the people that God sends to share this good news of forgiveness with the world. God sends people like you and I who have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus so that we can be in the presence of God. He sends us to tell others. Let's say a prayer and ask God to help us listen to his word this morning and consider who it is that he sends. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to be our savior, for taking away all our sins with his death on the cross. Help us to better appreciate what that means. You are holy, holy, holy. You are so much greater than us. And yet you have forgiven us so that we could be with you and enjoy your presence no longer afraid. Send us to share this good news with as many people as we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've always been drawn to the sea. Some of my earliest memories are getting up early with my dad on a, on a warm, calm summer morning and pushing the boat into the lake. I could still feel the warm water on my feet just thinking about it, and I can, I can hear it too. The sound of the waves lapping up against the side of the boat as we rowed out to my dad's favorite fishing spot. Some people are drawn to the mountains and the hills. Others are drawn to the forests. I've always been drawn to the sea. There's never a doubt in my mind growing up. I was always going to be a fisherman. I got pretty good at it, too. When you fish for a living, you start to pick up on the rhythms, the patterns. You start to get an idea for for where the fish are going to be, but not only where they're going to be, you start to pick up on when they're going to be there. But of course, you're not always right. (laughs) In fact, a lot of times you're just playing wrong. Who knows the mind of a fish, right? Then I met Jesus. Turns out, 
he more than knew the mind of fish. One day shortly after I met him, we were by the beach uh, at the Sea of Galilee, and we were right by the, the boats that Zebedee's sons and I owned. And we had been out all night, <laughs> didn't catch a thing. And we were fixing our nets, and this large crowd came to hear Jesus teach. But there was a problem. You see, there were so many people pushing up against him on the beach to hear him that the people in the back couldn't hear. So, so Jesus hopped into my boat, and he asked me to just anchor a little bit offshore so that he could sit there, and, and everybody in the back could hear him too. And when he was done preaching, he turned to me and he said, let's go out into the deep for a catch. My face probably said more to him than I actually said. There's a reason that fishermen fix their nets when it's not prime time for fishing. And my nets are best used when the top of the net is near the surface and the bottom is near the bottom. The deep water is not the best spot for my nets. Wrong place, wrong time. Not to mention the fact that I had just finished cleaning my nets and had them all folded nicely to go out again later that day. This was not a good idea. And yet I had heard him teach enough and I had, heard, I had seen him do enough at this particular point in time that I reluctantly agreed. And so we went out into the deep and we let down the net and before you knew it, there were so many fish in that net pulling so hard on the boat, I was sure it was going to pull the boat underwater. And I'm hooting and hollering for James and John to bring their boat and help, and the nets are tearing, and, and we're hauling fish into the boats, and there's so many that both boats begin to sink. And it sounds completely foolish now. Where, where was he going to go? We, we were out in the middle of the lake, sinking, and I say to Jesus, go away from me. Where's he going to go? <laughs> I am a sinful man, Lord. But he didn't go anywhere. He just looked at me and he said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so we dragged the fish back into shore. We let them all go. That was a pretty penny swimming away. We pulled the boats up on shore, we threw the mangle nets in the boats, and off we went. For three years we followed him. We saw him do incredible things. Three times he, he raised people from the dead. Two times he fed thousands of people with less food than I would take in the boat when I go fishing. He even turned water into wine once. And it was good wine. Not a day went by when he didn't do something or say something that just turned my world upside down. The longer I was with him, the bolder I got. I had never been so committed to anything in my entire life. I was that committed to him. So I thought. We were celebrating the Passover with him for the third time and he had been talking different for the last few weeks. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. 
the, the, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees mostly, they had been after him for, for quite some time. But all of a sudden, he's talking like he's going to be overthrown, like he's going to be handed over to them. And it just didn't make any sense to me. Not after all I had seen him do, not after all I had heard him say, there was no way that they could touch him. There was no way they could make him suffer. There was no way that they were going to be able to pull off killing him. And that's when Jesus looked at me and he said, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times. And I did. He was arrested that night and they took him to the high priest's house where they were questioning him. And I was able to sneak into the courtyard outside the high priest's house and I was by the fire trying to see what was going on and and stay warm. People kept asking me if I was one of the people who had been with Jesus and I kept saying I wasn't. The third time I denied it, the third time I said no. A rooster crowed. I looked up at the house and there was Jesus looking back at me. That's when I remembered what he said and realized that I had done exactly what he said and it crushed me. Absolutely crushed me. That was the morning of the day that he died. I can't even begin to describe the pain that I felt. I've never experienced anything like it. But it turns out that the pain that I was experiencing was nothing compared to the pain that he experienced that day. And I'm not just talking about the crucifixion. That was awful in its own right. I'm talking about what he experienced in relation to his father. On that cross, the father abandoned his son. Jesus experienced what it's like to have the love of the father removed from you. My pain was the cause of regret. It was the result of my shame. But even in those moments where I was feeling incredible regret, incredible shame, the love of the father was still shining down on me. We never experience what it's like to have the Father's love removed from us in this life. But on that cross, Jesus did. He suffered the hell that I deserve for my sins. He endured the hell that you deserve for yours. When he rose from the dead on Sunday morning, we didn't know what to make of it. The women come running saying that, that he's alive. Mary Magdalene claims that she's seen him. That very night we, we saw him, all of us except for Thomas. It was incredibly shocking. The next week Thomas was there. He appeared to us again. He tells us to go to Galilee to wait for him there, and so we did. Right back to that same beach, those same boats. And one night I, I said to the guys, I'm going to go out and fish, and a whole bunch of them said, we're going with you. And so while we were waiting for Jesus, that whole night we went out and fished and once again didn't catch a thing. A little rusty, I guess. As the sun was coming up the next morning, we looked toward the beach and there's a man there and he yells out to us, catch anything? And we said, no. He says, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. And so we did. And immediately... There were so many fish in those nets, we thought the boats were going under. 
John knew right away it was Jesus and he cries out, it's the Lord. I dove in and swam the shore and they towed the fish and the boats back. We had breakfast with Jesus there on the beach. And after we were done eating, he looks at me and he, he says, Peter, do you love me? I said, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. But he didn't just ask me once. He asked me three times. And when he asked me that third time, it just crushed me. But do you know what he said next? Feed my sheep. And that's when I got it. The first time that he filled my net with fish, you remember what I said, right? Go away from me. I'm a sinful man, Lord. Of course, he didn't go anywhere. And then I got to be with him for three years. But then I really got to see my sin when I denied him three times that the night he was betrayed, the day he died. And yet he still went to the cross for me. He still took my sins away. He rose from the dead for me, for you. And after all that, he still wants me to fish for people. He, he still wants me to feed his sheep. You see, our God has chosen to use the people he has forgiven to share the message of Christ crucified for sinners with other sinners. You think I'm qualified to do this because I followed Jesus around for three years? You are terribly mistaken. I am qualified to do this for one reason and one reason alone. Because Jesus died for me and because Jesus rose for me. Because I am a forgiven sinner. And it's forgiven sinners that Jesus uses to share the gospel. And so you know what this means, don't you? You have to stop thinking things like, I'm not qualified. You have to stop saying things like, but I need training first. There is no one better qualified. There is no one better equipped to share the good news of Christ crucified for sinners and risen from the dead than people who have been forgiven. And you, my brothers and sisters, are people who have been forgiven. And so I say to you the same thing that Jesus said to me. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Amen.